0: Namaskar, and welcome to NFL Masala. I'm your co-host, Anant. And I'm your other co-host,
1: Rukshak. Welcome to episode number 30, a huge milestone. Yes, again, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 30 of NFL Masala, where we talk about all the latest happenings in the NFL with a little bit of spice. And happy 30 episodes, Anant. Happy 30 episodes, bro.
0: We are almost one-third away from 100, so... Let's keep on going.
1: Let's keep on going. All righty. So
0: today we are going to do a recap of week 13 of the NFL, and we're going to do a preview of week 14. So
1: let's get started with some Dhamakedar news. Rakshak, go ahead. Yeah, Yeah, and before I begin, I would like, first of all, to say um, to the U.S. men's national team, although I made a prediction that – Via urinating Trey Yins remote that the U.S. would beat Netherlands. Unfortunately, the young the lads couldn't do it. Anyway, keep your keep your chin keep your chin up, boys. You did well. Now the work now the work for 2026 begins. So good luck to you guys. And I and I know this young squad has a lot to prove for next for the next World Cup. Chin up, exactly. And. And 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 of course, I could talk about more about FIFA World Cup games and how we had two close games yet yesterday and today in the quarterfinals. But this is a football. This is a an American football podcast. So with that, our first set of news is um, Anand. Is, is I have to open up with a question, Anand. If you were a general manager and you apparently trade away your best player. To a different team because he he wanted more money, but you didn't. But you didn't give him more money, and so you traded him away. And then he proceeds to go all out against your team. What do you think will happen to you? Um, I think you get a timeout.
0: You know, go to the corner, and you know you should be on the way to keep being
1: potty trained. You know, but you know, get a timeout. Yeah. Well. Apparently this is actually some big stunning news this um and this was like recorded on Tuesday um is that and apparently this happened with the Tennessee Titans because they fired their general manager John Robinson um John Robinson after after him after being on the t- after being the Titans GM for 7 years and in his record he has compiled a 66 43 um record um and he's led the titans to multiple nfc south i mean um th- to multiple like nfc um there's zero losing seasons and they're c- basically coasting towards a third straight divisional title however um and this was sta- and this is um recorded by titans um owner a- amy adams strunk not amy adams the actress but um no that actress is really good but Amy Adams, strunk the owner. She said in a statement, um, "Since becoming controlling owner in 2015, my goal has always has been to raise the standard for what is expected in all facets of our organization. I believe we have made significant progress both on and off the field through investments in leadership, personnel, and new ideas. This pro this progress includes the core of our." business the football team itself which is regularly evaluated both by its results wins and losses and team and team construction and roster team construction slash roster building i am proud of what we have accomplished in my eight seasons of ownership but i believe there is more to be done and higher aspirations to be met i call this a red flag it starts very nice but then warning red flag red flag and then I want to thank John for his dedicated work to set this organization on an upward trajectory, and I wish him and his family the best. So he just got best of luck in, in, in your future endeavors. That's kind of rough, and I kind of find it very odd because this is happening during the middle of, the, like, close to, the, close to nearly the end of the season. And here's a shocker enough Robinson signed a contract extension in February 10th. And in ten months, he is gone. And and notably, this firing comes in days after um after the Titans lost to the Eagles, thirty five to ten, with a particular AJ Brown going off for eight catches, hundred nineteen yards, two touchdowns. Which I'll explain more in the recap. But but like overall, like Robinson had made some good, solid moves. Like especially in the draft when he got Derrick Henry. Um, jeffrey simmons and um and aj brown when you're trying to build the depth but then you also had some missteps including like trying to sell assets for julio jones especially some swing and misses with that isaiah i believe it was like isaiah wilson mm-hmm. and then of course aj brown and but like but right and apparently when the titans made that trade apparently mike rabel was not very happy with that and it could and i think wood robinson's firing Mike Rabel could have that Bill Belichick um type of role where he, he could have a lot more say on who should on who should on how to manage the roster, which I think is the right I think can work, but time will tell. What do you think, Adand? I mean, he deserved to be go. Like I mean, like you just mentioned,
0: like you just mentioned, all of those um moves that he made and the moves that he missed the Isaiah Wilson thing, um, you know, AJ Brown, that's just, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Really, the only reason why the Titans are this competitive year in, year out, I think, is Mike Rabel. Mike Rabel and Derrick Henry. Like, honestly, those are the two two main guys that make the Titans competitive. Ryan Tannehill is pretty decent, but Other than that, not really anything else to write home about. So now they need to look to the future and see if, you know, the new GM, what will be interesting when they come in? Are they going to move forward with Malik Willis or Ryan Tannehill or
1: Tom Brady is going to be a free agent at the end of this year? Oh, no, 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 no. I cannot imagine Tom Brady as a Titan. I mean, it, it won't work. Anything it, it, is possible.
0: Anything is possible.
1: Nobody I, thought Devontae Adams was going to be a Raider, but eh, here we go. And no one thought, yeah, that's true. And no one thought the Titans would give away their best wide receiver to us. Exactly. So get like a prototype AJ Brown and Traylon Burks. I mean, all will to Traylon Burks. Like, I could see him making some progress, but he has a long way. Exactly.
0: Exactly. He he wasn't a first round receiver. I think he's a he's a honestly Christian Watson would have been a first round receiver, not him, but anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So that is it from Rakshak's news. And then now I have a gray I have a
1: grave kachara moment. Oh Lord. <clears throat> with with all the good in the world, and we're starting off with depressing news. Like what's going on, man?
0: Yeah, so who else do you think would it be in the Katsura moment news this year?
1: Um, all right, to get uh, it, I ha- I'll have to play the hot and cold. I'm playing the hot and cold card. Um, I'm gonna say it's in the east. mhm It's you're warm. Um, Carolina, cold. Oh, uh, let's see, uh, Virginia. Yep, you're almost there. Maryland?
0: No. No, No, you were right in Virginia.
1: Oh, 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 oh. Um, Oh. There's one team that... Oh, Lord. Is it Danny Boy again?
0: It's Daniel Snyder from the Washington Commanders. What did he do this time? So, according to Tisha Thompson of the of ESPN, Dan Snyder allowed the Commanders' toxic uh, toxic work culture, and the NFL aided in a cover up. A uh, what? Yeah. So this is a little snippet from uh, from this article. <clears throat> Washington Commander's owner Daniel Snyder permitted and participated in the team's longtime toxic work culture and obstructed a 14-month congressional inquiry by dodging a subpoena working to dissuade and intimidate witnesses from cooperating and claiming more than 100 times in testimony that he could not recall answers to basic questions, according to the final report of the U.S. House of Representatives Committee on Oversight and Reform. The committee's 79-page report released Thursday co- also comes down hard on the NFL, concluding that the league was complicit in Snyder's efforts by not cooperating with the congressional inquiry and by burying a 2020-2021 investigation of the commanders' workplace led by attorney Beth Wilkinson, the results of which have never been fully released. Hmm. Oh, my
1: God. Like, I don't even know what to say.
0: So apparently uh, one of the uh, House of Representatives, Carolyn Maloney, she uh, said that NFL officials were acting like they were doing something and, quote, then they turn around and fix it so she can't talk, she being the uh, attorney for the report. Her report is never going to be made public, yet she was supposed to be hired to address it. The hypocrisy. The coordinated effort to hide what they acknowledged.
1: My God. Like, sell the team, please. Do us all a favor, because what's even more crazier, if you remember, like, when they tried to make that statue for Sean Taylor? Did you see what they did?
0: Ah, yeah.
1: Ah. It was
0: painful. And so what's even worse is that the congressional report was citing uh, allegations of harassment and abuse against several other teams. Yeah. And the NFL has put the interests of the league owners ahead of the NFL employees, right? Failure to protect them or ensure that victims can speak up without the fear of retaliation. And then the quote goes on. The committee's report says that the NFL chose to bury Ms. Wilkinson's findings and whitewash the misconduct it uncovered.
1: Wow. <clears throat> uh, everything Daniel. It's like Daniel it's like dan schneider's like there's like this one villain's like everything he he's like the opposite of king midas except when he touches everything is so toxic yeah and i mean like so far like and apparently it's rooting and this and this is coming like from the same team like that's actually trying to make a run for the playoffs man and to have this going on it's like i don't know how ron rivera is keeping this team team together but i gotta commend the man And then
0: now this is turning into a political thing uh, because Republicans on the committee issued a memo in response to the report saying that the Democrats' sham investigation into the Washington Commanders has been an egregious waste of taxpayer-funded resources (laughs) and that the Democrats have misused a committee that should be focused on the government.
1: Uh. (laughs) Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Edevo Masala is a non-political thing. (laughs)
0: Yes, yes, yes. Um, so,
1: yeah. I ha- I'll have great. My...
0: That's great. That's that's. Yeah, let's fantastic. move
1: on. Moving on. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think that's enough of the Katsarang moment before we dive too deep into it and we, you know, Come blow our heads mind. off. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Uh, okay. Um. So that is the end of the Damakedar. Truly, Damakedar news segment. <laughs> Uh, We are now going to move to week 13 recap.
1: Greener pastures.
0: Yes, (laughs) definitely. Definitely. Because I'm going to start with the Packers versus the Bears. What a comeback win. And we still own the Bears. Arod wasn't the vintage Aaron Rodgers that we all know. But he was good enough. And the defense made enough stops in the second half to get us that victory. I wanted the Packers to start Jordan Love, really, to see what he has, but I mean in in the press conference that we see, Aaron Rodgers still believes that we can win and that we can make it to the playoffs. So I can't really fault him. Honestly, I I think it's still, you know, a Another like selfish reason for him to say, too, because if Jordan Love comes out and then he starts playing better than Aaron Rodgers, then we're going to have a different discussion in the offseason. But at least Aaron Rodgers is playing right now. And what we do with Jordan Love in the offseason is going to be a very interesting thing. And uh, I, th- I think that, you know, we still have to pick up his fifth year option. We still have if, if we do, then we have three, uh, two more years because next year would be his last year. And this off season is the one that we have to pick up his uh franchise. Uh, sorry, not franchise tag. His fifth year option on. So what we could do is we could, you know, pick up his fifth year option and then tag him the year after. So we have three years, uh, to see what he can do. If if this is indeed Aaron Rodgers' last year, or next year is Aaron Rodgers' last year, we'll see. So, yeah, that was that. Um. So yeah. Getting back to the game, it wasn't really an Aaron Rodgers game. This was a Watson and Dylan game. AJ Dylan with 18 rushes, 93 yards, one touchdown, and three receptions for 26 yards. And Christian Watson, who is a grown man, with three receptions for 48 yards, one touchdown, one reception, uh, one rush. For 46 yards and one touchdown. Another 2 tuddy game for Christian Watson. And now, Christian Watson, I think, is close to the lead for... Um, actually, let's see. Let's see this. Let's see this. In terms of receiving, right? Um, like who the has lead? the most touchdowns?
1: Like it, it, like for your for the Packers. This no, year. in the oh. entire oh, year. The, oh, and for the entire year, you know what? Let, in the I NFL, help you out with that.
0: Okay, Travis Kelsey's one with twelve. Okay, and he and Devontae Adams are both tied at twelve receptions, uh, twelve touchdowns. Stephon Diggs is third at ten. AJ Brown is fourth at ninth. And then there is a four-way tie between, um. Tyler Lockett, Amari Cooper, Christian Kirk, and Christian Watson. Oh, my God. They all have, they all have seven touchdowns
1: each. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's that. But this is another, this is what, his fourth consecutive multi-touchdown game? Yeah, both of Ridiculous.
1: And I was like, and the thing is like, when I, like, when I saw Christian Watson, like have some, started coming like later in the season, like, and, and I have a confession to make a month. Mm-hmm. I think I told you about this during the weekend. I wanted to add Christian Watson to my fantasy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On Saturday, I went through the waiver process, dropped, dropped a player so I can get Christian Watson. Unfortunately, I forgot to put him onto my active starting lineup.
0: Oh no! Oh no!
1: It was the game. I was like, "Oh yes, I think we did it." Then I realized, "Crap! I forgot to set my lineup." Yeah, yeah. And um, and when I see this, I'm like, I'm just really kicking myself right now for that. But (laughs) what a huge turnaround for Christian Watson! I think, um, definitely he's taking he's taking a step up, Mm -hmm. and to become that number one wide receiver for sure. And um. And, and, you know, it'd be really fun to watch, like, especially, like, try, I mean, think about it for, like, next year. Um, if Jordan Love is stay is still on with the team, I think we can see the birth of a new partnership, like, with Christian Watson, Jordan Love, Christian Watson, that would mm-hmm. be a fun combination to watch. Like, how we had, like, Aaron Rodgers, Greg Jennings, slash, Devontae. Aaron
0: Rodgers and Jordy Nelson.
1: And Jordy, yeah, Jordy Nelson. That connection, Aaron Rodgers,
0: Jordy Nelson in those early years, oh, my. God, like, uh, ah, yeah. that's the that's the epitome of like Passionate. chemistry between, yeah, no, 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 it's the epitome of a chemistry between a quarterback and the wide receiver, because, mm. and that, then you know that followed up with Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams, but really Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson was just like magnificent to watch. Oh yeah, um, but like yeah. anyway.
1: Christian Watson proud of him for like, taking such a huge step and like getting back like from those early mistakes into like Mr. Butterfingers to like Hey, I'm I can be I can change from Butterfingers to dependable. So good mm-hmm. good stuff, man. Good stuff hmm All so
0: <clears throat> let's get back to the game now as good As the news is on the offensive side, where we scored 28 points, and so this becomes the fourth straight game where we score more than 27 points. The defense. Absolutely no pressure against the quote-unquote vaunted Bears offensive line. Hashtag sarcasm. But we did generate three turnovers, two interceptions, and one forced fumble. So while we had absolutely no pressure on the Bears and no will to stop the running game, we scrapped and we fought for a win. What does that mean for the rest of the season for the Packers? I think we still have no hope. It's still such a difficult process for us. Like, we need the 49ers to lose out or, you know, we need, we need other teams to lose out for us to even have a shot at getting into the playoff race right now because if we look at the NFL playoff picture right now you have Eagles one Vikings two 49ers at three because they're 8 and 4 Bucks are at four because they're 6 and 6 and they're the lead for the um for the uh for their division, right? So your division leaders are Eagles, Vikings, 49ers, and Bucks, And then 5, 6, and 7 are Cowboys, Giants, and the Sea Chickens. So, right, the Sea Chickens are at 7 and 5. Now, we are technically third on the outside looking in, okay? We have the Lions ahead of us and the Washington Commanders in, uh, ahead of us. So we need the Commies to lose. We need the Seahawks to lose out. We need to win out. The Lions need to lose out. And then we can hopefully get that um you know that that seventh spot. Right. If we win out, we go nine and eight. Lions lose out, they go five and whatever, uh five and twelve. Because they're still at five and seven. So yeah, there's there's still a lot there is still a lot to be um, desired for the Packers. So even even if we somehow made the playoffs, we wouldn't be that spectacular because the defense just cannot pressure. They had zero sacks and only two uh, um, quarterback hits on the Bears. On the Bears offensive line, you couldn't register at least one sack? Like, come on is this how reliant we are on Rashan Gary to generate pressure like we can't generate more pressure this is unbelievable so even though we won here with a last minute touchdown to put the game away if we were a good team we would have demolished the bears but we're not so we need to be better but honestly I think it's time to put in Jordan Love. I I don't know where Aaron Rodgers gets this optimism from. Um but we'll see. We shall see. Now that is it from the Packers versus Bears. We win here 28 to 19.
1: Uh what about your Eagles, Rakshak? What about the E A G L E S Eagles? What a win 35-10. But a couple of things, you know, like how last week it became um, run Eagles, run over your um Packers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, imagine this like Titans defense, like they'll their best thing is that they will eliminate the run, they're gonna do their best, to, like eliminate the run game. And and here's a stat Did you know since the week six by the Titans didn't allow more than 20 points a game, and they've only allowed an average of 16 points two points per game. The Eagles torched them with 35 points, 453 yards, and we pulled our starters under 10 minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. That's how dominant this game was. The Eagles, I honestly thought they had a complete game, except for a couple of key things. But but hey, like as we said, they ran over the Packers, but this time the Eagles literally aired it out against the Titans. And Jalen Hurts... Back-to-back NFC Offensive Player of the Game. This time he was like 29 for 39, 300 380 yards, three touchdowns with a passer rating of 130.3. He also brought in five rushes for 12 yards and one touchdown, and, and 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 people were making jokes like last week. Um Jalen Hurts was was um the running back who can throw. Like, there was a quote that said that, and he's now becoming into he's like right now entering the talks as like the number two or the number three MVP candidate with his decision making and those deep passes, like in the middle of the field. Because, like, last year, we would he would target, like, I would say almost like 50 60 percent, he would be targeting the end zones, he didn't because they did not have. Because back then, the Eagles didn't have a playmaker who can target that middle of the field except for Dallas Goddard. But when he was covered, who else is there? What, Jalen Rager, who couldn't do Jack? But now with A.J. Brown. Anand? A.J. Brown is a grown bleep man. He torched his former team, and he went off. He was trying to quiet down with that revenge game, but he made it personal. Eight catches, hundred and nineteen yards, two touchdowns. I mean, if you saw the first touchdown, he bullied that cornerback Felton Fulton for like a forty-yard catch. Like he runs like almost like a, a bit of like a of an out route as he's going in. He just rams Hilton. Yeah, unlike the first time, the first like the first play, Jalen Hurts tries to throw it to AJ Brown, but then apparently it was an incomplete. But yet. A.J. Brown makes a catch and and runs it for a touchdown, but the play was called off. Second down, Hurts throws it this time to the left side. AJ Brown, like again, he bullied that corner, and then he then he was like, then he became wide open for that cat for that forty-yard catch and and walks into the touchdown. And then, my God, this second touchdown catch. He literally mossed over that backup cornerback, Trey Avery. (laughs) Oh my God. Lol. Titans. Lol. That was a revenge game. And other than Jalen hurts, I thought AJ Brown was my MVP because like the guy went off and, Hey, give credit where credits due. The Eagles opened the, the game with Devontae Smith um, on that first drive, five receptions, and uh, finished the game with five receptions, 102 yards, one touchdown. And then, of course, like not much of a run, and the Eagles didn't have to rely a lot of the running game because the Titans' cornerbacks were literally getting roasted by the wide receivers. And Anand, do you want to know a shocking part? Mm-hmm. The backup Titans had a had some had, had played extremely well that game. Oh man, it was like it was so brutal. Watch, I saw like Jack Stoll and Grant Calcaterra, like names you've probably never heard of, right? You've heard of Dallas Mm -hmm. Goddard, I've heard of Dallas Goddard, but not you haven't heard of Jack Stoll nor Grant Calcaterra. Grant Calcaterra is like a sixth round pick. He had, um, there was a deep pass where it hurts through, it was a 19 yard catch by Grant Calcaterra, and then another one, a 26 yard. Yard graph or Jack stole. I mean, like they, like they all they needed the pass, and like there was not much of a running game. I mean, yeah, you, ha- you, you, they finished with 67 total rushing yards, but I mean, the thing is, like the Eagles expo- used the run game when it was actually needed, and yeah. um, and the offensive, and it was even impressive when with Hertz working in the middle of the field with accurate passes, seem it passes like at the same up and type windows and also going through his progressions and his checkdowns oh my god i am so impressed with jalen hurts and his um and, and his growth but it could have been a complete game honestly because special teams was doing pretty well i'll get to that but how many goddamn penalties are the eagles going to be getting like what the hell you want to know how my, and i'm pulling up the stats Eagles had 12 penalties this game. I can guarantee you, like eight or nine of the like up to 10 were false starts. Like false start, false start. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I was like furious, but I but the, apparently the Titans didn't capitalize on it. And of course, like Mylotta and Dickerson were called on a couple of things. And I know Mylotta was getting frustrated. So My god, like clean that up, but now on the other side, Eagles defense you had one mission, and the goal was to stop Derrick Henry. And it's this was a shutdown defense, they answered the call. And we kind of expected Titans' offense to bully with that run game and finish it with the play action from Tannehill. And apparently, Anant, I'm gonna utter three words that I've never said before, but and and it's and it's really weird coming out of my mouth. Are you ready, Anand? Mm-hmm. Jonathan Gannon, good game. Wow, really? It was a good game.
0: I mean, that's fair. It's fair. You you did hold uh, you did hold the Titans to ten points, which we couldn't do. You did hold them to you did, you held Derrick Henry to what like thirty-seven yards, which we couldn't do. And you held the Titans' offense, like passing offense, to what, like two hundred yards, which we couldn't do. So yeah,
1: good job, bro. I mean, and, and the thing is, and if you want to talk about Derrick Henry, like they're talking about, oh King Henry. Well, you know what? Yeah, you, when you're entering into the city of brotherly love,s kings and queens and royalty gets dethroned. <laughs> <laughs> and derrick henry you want to know how much he was held for 11 11 carries 30 yards his longest was a six yard carry mm-hmm. and um and you know it's even more and what's and he was and 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 on average it was like 2.7 yards per carry no touchdowns and the shocking thing is jordan davis is active for this game he only played for six snaps but and he and um and apparently he had like he had limited snaps because he's coming from a high ankle injury. However, that defensive line with that with that rotation with Linval Joseph and and and, and Sue, they were able to seal those open lanes and stop Henry. And the Eagles, who are not a good tackling team, they actually tackled the ball. Like I'm shocked, and they held the total Titans rushing rushing yards to to like less than hundred total rushing was 87 yards. And the, and the biggest rusher was Ryan Tannehill who had to scramble. Who had to scramble three times for seven for 17 percent for, for like for 34 yards. I mean, Tannehill. I mean, like if you're, if you're showing down that run game and allowing Tannehill to run, because the thing is like Tannehill is not that much of a runner, but you force him to, to make such kind of decisions. I mean, if it works out for you, it works out. And with when you seal the run game and and it lead and you make that Titans defense like oh, offense like one dimensional, it does absolute wonders. And those six sacks that Tannehill received from this Eagles defense, like oh my god, they were like literally painful. I saw one time like Joshua and Hassan Redick got into got like sack Tannehill at the same time. I literally felt like crunching noise. I'm like, oh my god, are you gonna let this poor man, um, exit out with a body bag or something? Cause like, holy crap, six sacks and and, and of course like two for Joshua, one each for Der- for Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, and Javon Hargrave. But like. Damn, the defense dominated without. And the thing is, the Eagles' defense did not force any turnovers. They didn't need to win games without forcing turn, They didn't need to win a game without forcing a turnover. And and like this, and this could not have been a more of a complete game, except for some points. And Darius Slay and James Bradbury held their own against those outside or whatever type of wide receiving core the Titans had. I mean, the only one which was that with Traylon Burks. Um, I think he, when he exploited that that slot um, to my up to my fears, like I knew that the Titans were gonna try and work on that slot corner, um, Josiah Scott, because about, without Avante Maddox, that slot that slot corner position is going to be very vo- vulnerable. And, and and I think you, when you saw that Traylon Burks got the touchdown he had a vicious, he got viciously hit by Scott and Marcus Epps, and um he was and luckily he was moving in, and he exited the game with a con- with a concussion but like my God like that I, I mean as much as with the receiving with the Titans receiving well like Ryan Tannehill was like 14 for 22 141 yards and one touchdown but like my God. It was a complete shutdown, and it was nearly a complete game. And there was a Kobe Dean sighting. Remember the the former like I thought he was like one of the best um ru- like running backs, although he had like two snaps, and with him uh, two snaps on defense when Kaiser White exited for a little bit. But he was the Eagles' leading tackler alongside with T.J. Edwards for this game, and he had some flashes on like special teams, including Jack Stoll, who had that vicious hit. And also and and there's one play which I'd like to highlight. I noticed like when Tannehill was um and, and I believe like when um when when Derrick Henry was about to like um when it was handed the ball, N'Kobe Dean comes out of nowhere, one arm tackles Derrick Henry, and and take and and I believe he gets a tackle for a loss, dude. For like a rookie to pull that off, man, that is incredible. Because, because, like in 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 our pre-drafting assignment, we thought like Dean had he had the speed. He was he's able to go run side to side, go run from sideline to sideline, and he, and that IQ awareness and that big hit, Oh my goodness! And special teams, you did well. Brent Covey did do didn't fumble the ball. He actually had great returns. You want to know? He had like six six punt returns. And 105 yards the longest one he had for 27 he had like 27 30 i was like i'm so happy for him special teams didn't do it r- wrong so i'm happy and it could have been a perfect game had it not been for those penalties so clean that up
0: all righty so that concludes the um our games and now we're going to move on to the games of the week segment of week 13 so i'm going to get started with the dolphins versus 49ers well i would have thought that this was going to be a close game but five turnovers on six second half possessions for miami meant that they were gonna lose it do you want to know just how bad this game was for them They were down 17-10 at the end of the first half, okay? But here is what happened in the second half. The 49ers punted on the first possession, and then the first possession for the Dolphins, interception. Then the 49ers score a field goal, and it's down Mm 20-10. The next possession, interception for the Dolphins. Then the 49ers go down, score another field goal, 23-10. Then the Dolphins score a touchdown. So that's good. Now, one touchdown in the past three drives, okay? And then the 49ers punt. So they are within one score, 23-17, okay? Then the Dolphins turn over on downs. They turn over on downs, and then that results in a field goal for the 49ers, 26-17. Then Dolphins fumble. And the 49ers recover it for a touchdown. And then the game-ending interception for the Dolphins. And that's it. 33-17. You know who had a similar uh, play-by-play metric? Who? The Cowboys and Colts. (laughs) Because listen to this. Listen to this. The Colts were down. The Colts were down by a touchdown at the end of this uh, first half. 21-13. Then what did the Colts do? They punt, right? But then mm-hmm. the next possession, they go down, they get a touchdown. So it's yeah. 21-19. Then they allow Dallas to score another touchdown. So 28-19. Mm-hmm. Then comes the issue. Fumble touchdown for Dallas. So Dallas, uh, the Colts fumble the ball. Dallas recovers it. They score a touchdown. becomes 34-19. Then interception for the Colts and then it's and then Dallas scores another touchdown 40-19 and another interception for Colts and then another touchdown for the Cowboys 47-19 and then a fumble for the Colts and then another touchdown for the Cowboys 54-19 this is how bad the Dolphins uh could have bungled it oh right they had an interception and then the 49ers uh, scored a field goal because that offense wasn't that great. And the Dolphins defense is obviously better than the Colts defense. So I'll give them that credit. Um, they were, ho- they were able to hold the 49ers field goal. But what if it wasn't field goals? What if it was straight touchdown, 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 then it would have been 24, 10. Okay. Then it would have been 31, 10 and then 31, 17. And then it could have been uh 31-17 then it could have been 38-17 and then it was that fumble recovery for touchdown so it would have been 45-17 and then the game ending interception so they could have lost 45-17 but they didn't they only lost 33-17 because the defense at least held the 49ers offense to a couple of those uh field goals so really it could have been worse this only just goes to show that, you know, Tua himself had two interceptions. So he wasn't the answer in this game. And they couldn't run the ball. So this only just goes to show that the 49ers are here to play. And that they are definitely playoff contenders, right? there, There's no way that the 49ers are going to lose out the, in these next four games, uh, four or five games. They're eight and four right now. I think they're going to take the, they're, they're probably going to take the NFC West. I, mean, I just don't think Seattle is as good as the 49ers here.
1: Makes that's that's fair enough.
0: Yeah. That's now, now the reason why the 49ers are not Super Bowl contenders is because of a huge reason the loss of Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Jesus is uh has injured his left foot, right? So he really can't play. Now, he avoids a Liz Frank injury. And he's out for seven to eight weeks. So it's possible for him to come into the playoffs. Just he in time for the playoffs. It, it's possible for him. But uh, I don't think they're going to make it any further. I think they're de- they're definitely playoff contenders. There's not many teams in the NFC that can beat the 49ers. Maybe the Cowboys. Maybe the Eagles. Maybe not the Vikings. I, I don't think the Vikings are good. Um. Because they almost lost to the Jets. Um, granted, this year losing to the Jets isn't as bad as
1: previous years, but still, it's the Jets. Um, you're yeah. trying to if, you're trying to like make this like easy for for Niners fans. I think like he, them hearing this, they're busting. Who is this guy saying like it's gonna be easy with Brock Purdy? <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Because their defense is so good, they have a shot.
0: They definitely have a shot of getting into the playoffs. I think that's for sure. They, I, I think that's that's exactly where their luck runs out because Jimmy Garoppolo needs to come back for them to actually succeed in the playoffs. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, Dolphins failed an important test that they really and and it, this showed that they really need to improve because as high flying as that offense was, it's the turnovers that killed them. Four, I mean, five turnovers on six second half drives is not good. So, as vaunted as that offense is, I mean, it's the number one offense passing offense in D in terms of DVOA. They have got if they want to go forward in the playoffs and you know be successful, they've got to be better against good defenses. And so Yeah. Yeah. That that was it from the Dolphins versus 49ers. 49ers win 33 17. Sorry, 33 19. No, so 33 17. That was right before. 33 uh, 17.
1: It's all good. And, 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 you, and one more thing I wanted to add is like, I don't think I remember a game in which a Mr. Irrelevant, which is like a term for the very last pick of the, of the draft, of an NFL draft, led a team all the way to the playoffs. I don't think I've heard of a of a player like that, but it's about to be reality. And if, the, and if the Niners do make a run, I'll tip my hat off to Brock Purdy. The kid's got some moxie in him. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: All So, yeah, that's, that's it for the Dolphins versus 49ers. What about yours?
1: Man, if you want to talk about a big game of consequences... Chiefs and Bengals. And I believe we have found a kryptonite to the Chiefs. It's the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bengals are 3-0 against the Chiefs with the Joe Burrow-led offense against Pat Mahomes. Isn't that crazy?
0: (laughs) You know, there was a famous um, quote that, or at least this is what, um... who was it? I think this is what Joe Burrow had mentioned, that this is like Brady versus Manning between Mahomes versus uh, Burrow. And honestly, I see it. I see it. I mean, Burrow has got that Brady magic, right, of just, going in your face and winning against all odds. And then Patrick Mahomes is definitely Peyton Manning, like definitely more talented in terms of throwing, of being a pure passer of the football versus Joe Burrow. Right. right. So and we just have to see the next 15 years is going to be a uh, next, at least next decade is going to be a very, very interesting thing between these two teams and these two quarterbacks.
1: And you know what? I'm actually really happy about this game. Do you mm-hmm. like it's a weird thing because usually I support my guy from Texas Tech, Pat Mahomes, right? But and Andy Reid, because he's a former Eagle coach. But you know what? I'm actually really happy in a weird way. You want to know the reason being? What? Thing is, there's no there's like no dominating teams in the AFC. This proves that this conference is becoming more evolving. It's evolving to see, like, who's the strongest, who's the weakest. And now it's going to be a three-way tie. I think it's going to be a three-way battle between the Bengals, the Chiefs, and trust me on this one, the Buffalo Bills. And my pick for the Buffalo Bills to go to the Super Bowl might m- m- might have that reality because the Bengals are in the way of that Chiefs team. And yeah. – and- and continuing on with that game, man, it's like, and Pat Mahomes, he had like an average game, like six sixteen for twenty seven, two hundred and thirty three yards, one touchdown, and he also had, um, <laughs> and he also had like a rush, and I think you remember you saw that one play where he had like that, um, it was a it was a, it was a second or a third and goal. And he ran. He ran in for the touchdown, but then, then as he crossed the line, the ball popped out, and everyone was, and like the Bengals were like fighting to get to recover it, but it was ruled a touchdown. You saw that play, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I, no. I didn't watch it. it. But it was like a very physical game, and I actually had a fun time. It's like I could not even close, like switch channel to things because uh, switch to thing. But it was like, oh, this is a fun game to watch. And also, welcome back, Jamar Chase. And boy, oh boy, did it he really help. Um, he had, um, in his return, seven receptions for 97 yards. I mean, geez, I think they didn't miss it. I think, like, I think he had to remind them, like, hey, you know who the hell I am, man. I'm Jamar Chase. He nearly hit, and 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 who would and do you think of any player who comes back from injury and has like what a hundred plus receiving? like nearly a hundred receiving yard gain. Jamar Chase almost pulled it off. And also and, and a big one. Samaje Pirine stepping up for 21 carries, 106 yards, but and and, and like he had those huge runs which helped, which helped put that Bengals up which had that Bengals offense, man. It was incredible. And 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 with this I actually had want to talk about couple of game-changing moments and um and i honestly wanted to put this in one of the masala moment of the week and i think this is a contender there's uh and remember the chiefs are leading 24 to 20 mahomes throws a, a big pass to travis kelsey he goes he's into bengal's territory and he's rumbling for a big game however the bengals are not done with the play they don't give up on this one. Instead, linebacker Jermaine Pratt runs in, like tries to, and other defenders are trying to bring him down. Pratt forces the ball free and he recovers the fumble. And from that moment, the Browns lead that game-winning drive in which Joe Burrow goes six for seven passes, 53 yard, and an eight, which finishes off with an eight-yard touchdown to Chris Evans backup. Not Chris Evans, the actor, but Chris Evans, the I mean, it, yeah, Chris Evans, like the backup running back. Like, my God, what a game! And the and and here's the thing: the defense held the Chiefs scoreless. Um, like since then, they go and 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 here and here's a little bit of context: like the Chiefs were had a fourteen to three run in the third quarter, in the fourth, the Bengals had ten and ten points answered back, and they won the game. Just incredible. Which begs the question, why did the Chiefs go full read? when and, and I know it was a third and three. Mahomes is trying to wander around. Then he gets sacked for a fourth and eight. And then, of all things, you know that your defense is struggling. So why on earth do you go for a 55-yard long field goal attempt? You know, in, in an open, windy condition in Cincinnati. a. Can you tell me why? Why on earth would you go for it? I thought they could run the. I thought like the. I thought the best option for the Chiefs, like the strongest thing, is to go for it. And of course, like this is a game. Like of course, the Chiefs will downplay it. But this is really this really hurts because right now Buffalo. Because for the Chiefs, you're you're probably not gonna get the number one spot because right now Buffalo. Has as a has a tiebreaker over the Chiefs. The Bengals have a tiebreaker over the Chiefs, and now they're not gonna get the AFC number one spot. I mean, of course the Chiefs are gonna win their division easily because right now it's it's like one of the weakest. But you're you're not gonna get that first round bye, and they better look themselves in the mirror right now, and they have to fix a couple of things. And with the Bengals, my pick to go to to win the AFC North. I think it can possible. I think it can happen. They do have a chance, and and with the way Joe Burrow is clicking on time, and I think it's that LSU mindset and that Cincinnati like that's that's showing him like why he was a Heisman winner, why he won a championship with there with um, the LSU Tigers before going to another Tiger team, and like it's incredible to see that kid's growth and a new rivalry being born, like. And the the thing is, like, and you know what, Joe Burrow, he said he's not satisfied. Do you know what he said in his press conference, dude? Hear me out. Listen. what He said, we left some points on the field, but we still find a way to win. Burrow said, we still got five weeks left. Let's keep this train rolling. This team knows what it takes to win these games. We've been there. It's December. It's time to separate ourselves. That is a grown, pardon my French, ass leader. That is a leader mm-hmm. right there. And it kind of reminds me of Jalen Hurts when he says like, "Nah, I'm not satisfied with all that." But oh my god, Joe Burrow. He's making some grown man decisions and and I would not be surprised if they make a deep run in the playoffs, dude. Like crazy. And and guess what? The Bengals are hosting Cleveland next Saturday, next Sunday, and I think, and, and all the Bengals need to do to secure that number one seed, they have to win out. That's my take. And the Chiefs, of course, win out your games, and you have to pray for some hope. But that's my take. Well done, Bengals. This AFC, um, the, some AFC games are really are beginning to heat up. Love it.
0: Yep, yep, yep. So that's a wonderful recap for uh, Chiefs versus Bengals. And now we're going to move on to the punch minute segment punch punch punch
1: punch punch punch
0: punch there we go yeah (laughs) um all righty so on to my games saints versus bucks bucks win 17 16 this is definitive proof that tom brady (laughs) is drinking alien blood (laughs) okay (laughs) his dark magic knows no boundaries he will sacrifice the joy of many for his survival again and one more point I'd
1: like to make that Saints pick in the first round is looking very good for the Eagles. So keep on oh taking god. it. Oh my god. Oh my god.
0: Jeez. Like
1: you guys are so uh. <laughs> hey, <it's>, hey, <sighs> it, it, it's it's your fault if you have having some kind of a spooky deal with Howie Roseman and you pick up the phone when he's calling. <laughs> yep.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. All righty. Next game, Colts versus Cowboys. As I mentioned, Cowboys won 54 19, which, by the way, is another score agami. So clap, 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 everybody. It's a score agami. See, this is what happens when you turn over the ball four times consecutively. Cowboys win in another classic McCarthy bomb. Okay. We all remember the Packers defeated the Bears. 55 uh i think it was 5514 and then the next week the packers defeated the eagles 53-20 so those were two of the happiest weeks of my entire life huh yeah
1: what was that
0: uh wait like 2014 2015 i think
1: oh yeah that was yeah. bad Oh, that was a chip kelly era yeah. When I am so fed up with it with Chip Kelly for trading away Deshaun Jackson and LaShawn McCoy after one of those big things and getting scrubs like DeMarco Murray, Miles. Oh, God. It was so, ugh,
0: ugh. <laughs> so bad. I hate you, uh, <laughs> Oh, boy. All righty. So uh, next game, <clears throat> Chargers versus Raiders. Raiders win 27-20. The Chargers charger it again with a lead at halftime. But then after half, their next two drives, a fumble and a missed field goal. Next game. (laughs) Yeah. Next game. Sea Chickens versus Rams. The Sea Chickens win 27-23. They came very close to losing, though, to John
1: Wolford. (laughs)
0: Let's go they were one touchdown away or or yeah one touchdown away from losing and it was a Wolford interception that saved them so yeah them (laughs) Uh uh-huh uh-huh yep Broncos versus Ravens the biggest news isn't that the Broncos are losing again okay because we all know that that's going to happen but it's Lamar being injured all right so let's see what happens Let's see the extent of his injury because if Lamar is out for multiple weeks, this is really going to put a dent on Ravens' you know playoff plans because they have the obviously they're in the division with the Bengals, but they also have the Browns and the Steelers. Uh, They're not going to do much, but you know it's the AFC is a tough it's it's a tough uh, conference. So we'll see, we'll see. Now that is the end of my punch
1: minute segment. What about Eurostock? Um, you know, you know before I want to make a statement, you know, gotta get shout out to Broncos country, though, um you know, we're you know, we're so Mr. Unlimited in in our ways of um of of scoring drives without without going to the end zone, scoring a touchdown. you know, Broncos Country, let's ride. <laughs> I, I, that yes. was sad. Yes. No. No, no, no that's, good. that's that's necessary. I'm trying, man. I am trying, but it's necessary. This Broncos team is so painful to watch. Yeah. but I um, mean, all right. From my segment of from my part. Both the Bills versus the Pats. Buffalo finally wins a game in their division. Did you know that? And Josh really? Allen Yeah, Josh Allen is the first player in NFL history with 3 seasons of 25 passing touchdowns and 5 rushing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns. Um, He finished the the day with 22 for 33, 233 yards, two touchdowns, eight rushes, and 20 yards. And the Bills were three for three in red zone trips. And did you see that one play in which Josh Allen, as he was like coming out of bounds, he makes this jump throw, and it was a catch for a touchdown? That was pretty fun to watch. And, And I have a question for you, Anand. What is this Pat's offense? Like, what is it? Joe Judge and Matt Patricia should not be calling offensive plays. Ever.
0: The damn ball,
1: ever. Oh, and then of course Steelers versus Falcons. Falcons. When I said about asking for like a, like getting help from FEMA and the and the department, like in, in any health departments to take like choking classes, I didn't. I literally didn't mean it. You are literally a glutton for losing close games. I mean, the Steelers were willing to go up. And, and what's even more crazy is that the Steelers were willing to go above 500 with a good, like, to, to finish the season with, like, above 500 again, this time with a good rushing attack. And Kenny Plickett playing very well. And by the way, Cameron, the Hayward brothers are actually helping the Yinzers on both offense and defense. Steelers' defense is helping so. She got got Super Bowl? Question mark. I don't know. It's up to you, Edipha Masala fans. Jag versus Lions. Lions win 40 to 14. The Lions offense was dominating. So was defense. The line and did you know the Lions scored on all five drives in the first half? And they and ended with a 17-point lead. And, and 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 in the second half, first three possessions, all scored. The Jags had a scary moment with Trevor Lawrence um, going down with an injury, but thank God he was okay and able to come back to the game. But but then again, like, the Lions are being in second place in the division. That's um, that's a shocker. Jets versus Vikings. This Mike White hype um, has to come to an abrupt stop against that Vikings Sea. Like, like... I, I don't know if you know this, on but did you know the Vikings are literally 9 0 this season with one score games this season? Like, what the hell? They're bound up for a loss. And how many red zone trips are the Jets going to have, but only end up with one touchdown? Like, did you, like, they were like literally one for six. Did you see that game?
0: Mm-mm, I didn't.
1: I I really wanted to just to win that game, and then of course my favorite, <laughs> commanders versus Giants. This was a win-win for the Eagles because it was a twenty-twenty tie. We have a second tie. <laughs> Thank you for tying, you fools, for the NFC leads for the NFC East lead, but um, definitely costly for playoff spots because Washington still have a wild card, and um. <clears throat> What's even, and, and I don't know, I and I don't get that last decision decision making by Daniel by by um by the Giants often like at, at the later stages, and how do you let Taylor Hine and I and I honestly thought like the Giants were like literally playing the tie, and you and Graham Gund was like almost kicking like what a fifty plus sixty yard field goal at the uh, near the end of overtime and I said like, Oh my God, they're going to go for a tie. And when they tied and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And guess what? The commanders in three weeks time, they're playing the giants again. I think like two to three weeks. I'm not sure, but like, I don't know what they were doing. Help me, help me understand. Oh no. Oh no 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 no! Um, week fifteen, the commanders are gonna be fa- um, are the gi- the commanders are facing the giants again, and honestly, that tie is gonna hurt them, but it doesn't hurt my eagles, so I'm gonna go with that. righty. so that concludes the punch
0: minute segment, and now we're gonna move on to the masala moment of the week. So mine is gotta be the Donovan Peoples Jones, um, punt return touchdown. For seventy-six yards. I mean, that was just beautiful. And let's let's give some love to the to to uh, those plays done by non-offensive people. You know.
1: Yeah, special, special teams and
0: defense. Special teams
1: are important. Mm-hmm. Special teams matter, folks.
0: Yes, special teams matter.
1: So that's it for me. And of course, I have to. Go, I, I'm a full homer on this one. I'm going with AJ Brown mossing over that Titans backup cornerback for that second touchdown catch i mean jalen hurts makes this makes a 30 plus 30 plus yard um, to pass like it's a fade route aj brown is like literally behind it's like both of them are like literally tied up aj brown like grabs it from his sho- from the Titans guy's shoulder and like grabs and like snatches it away i'm like what can't this guy not do and I'm so happy he's still an eagle. And because of that, those of him going off, the Titans had to fire their general manager.
0: <laughs> lol. Lol, Tyson. lol, 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 lol. Alrighty. So that concludes the recap of Week 13. And now we're going to move on to Week 14 preview. This is going to end rather quickly because if we were to start with the Packers, who do we face? Nobody, because we're on a bye week,
1: baby. So I will cede the floor to Rakshak and his Eagles. All right. Everyone, welcome to the choir of the Philadelphia Eagles, where I will do my best to convert every single one of you. I will try, but I will fail. All right. So this one, all right. So the matchup for this game, Anand, Eagles versus Giants. This game. (laughs) It's a huge NFC East mat- at matchup. And again, as Eagles, uh, uh, like for Eagles front Nation, we cannot take this game lightly ever since the Commanders beat us and ended that perfect season. And these are not the same Giants. And again, these are not the same Giants that were once led by Dave Gettleman, Ben McAdoo, and Joe Judge. This is a different team led by Brian Dable was turning around this team with a philosophy that helps him win games. Like, they had a 7-1, and 7-2. and um, They had a 7-1 and start before um, um, right now, before, like, having this record of 7-4 and 1. And now they're in a position, a uh, prime, for a playoff spot. The Giants want to keep this. So they're going to be fighting tooth and nail, and this is going to be played at MetLife Stadium. And like the Titans, the Eagles D will have to stop the run um, again. And this was according to Jimmy Kemsky, affiliate voice, and Blaney Green Nation. The last six opponents that the Eagles are going to be facing, they are about fifty percent run heavy offense, run heavy defense. So that run defense is going to be on their toes. Saquon Barkley is to be one of the people to be watching out for. As of now, he has, like, 242 rushes, 100,055 yards, 4.4 yards per carry, and eight touchdowns. And not just Barkley, Daniel Jones can run, and he is so elusive. I think Eagles fans, we all remember Daniel Jones very well. When he had that big run before he tripped back in 2020. Right now, he has 91 carries, 50, 522 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, And if I'm... And and if you and here are a couple of stats I want to read out for you. Um, let me know what you think about this. So Saquon Barkley, his first nine games, hundred like if you look at it, first nine games, hundred ninety eight yards and nine hundred thirty one rushing yards and six touchdowns. The last three games, which have been like a mix of a Giants loss, two uh, Giants losses and and a tie, it's forty four rushing yards, hun, no forty four rushes, hundred twenty four rushing yards. 2.8 yards per carry and two touchdowns, and and I'm guessing that this um little r- bit of a regression is because of that neck issue, that neck injury, and and currently up and currently um and, and according to the Eagles Twitter, um which I have on my phone thanks to Ble- thanks to the glorious wonders of Bleacher Report, I find out that Saquon Barkley is going to be a game to he's um he, he's going to be a game day decision game time decision he's 50/50%. If he's not in this game, that Giants office is going to take a huge hit because because if you were to open up the um <clears throat> excuse me. One, second as I am pulling up the the final injury re- the final injury report because he has accounted like, because remember, Barkley has accounted for sixty percent of New York's total yardage and thirty point eight percent of their offensive touchdowns. And of course, week six, since he has been dipped, but but if you're relying so much on Saquon Barkley, it's gonna take a toll. And the and and your backup running backs that the Giants are gonna be having is with Matt Breida and Gary Brightwell. Matt Breida and Brightwell. They are all right, but they're not gonna have much of an effect. So we could see some Daniel Jones um scrambling game. And uh, like what like when your team faced off against the Packers, uh, no, when your Packers faced off against the Giants in London, and I know it's may um bring back some post-traumatic stress, so with the Giants, they were able to exploit some of those lines with the run game, correct? When Barkley yeah. was healthy? Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's why our goal was to stop Barkley so that we could prevent um the Giants from success uh from succeeding, but obviously we didn't.
1: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And and all, and here's some and and um and what's even more concerning like the 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 issue for Barkley is very huge because right now the Giants barely have any wide receivers um remaining for this game. All the biggest threat I would remember is like is Darius Slayton. Remember, they on uh, You want to know who's on IR right now for their for the Giants' receiving core, Sterling Shepard, Wondell Robinson, some rookie, and, and I think a bench player in Colin Johnson. They traded away Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay may be coming back, but Darius Slayton and Kenny Galladay those are going to be your two big targets. And I am, and um, and I think, and I may need you to help me out on this one. Who are the other Giants? Um. Like, who, like, if you were to look at the, the current Giants depth chart right, right now, who is their biggest strength other than, um, <clears throat> like, who? Isaiah Hodges, Richie James, and Daniel Bellinger, tight end. Like, does that, um, the, does that name strike, do these names strike fear to you? No, definitely not. So some huge news I thought you may also want to know. Avante Maddox has been act- is activated for this game. The slot rece- the slot corner is back and um and also side by side this may be a revenge game for another e- former Giants player and James Bradbury which I will never understand why the Giants let him go and now he's with the Eagles. Ooh. Oh, it's, I think he may want to I think he's planning to go all off on this game. And I would but I would still keep an eye out on Darius Slayton, who is a big threat. And I could see the the um the Giants do work on with a little bit of trickery and play action with um Saquon Barkley. With Saqu- with with the with the running backs being used for like slant options and screen games. And and then with that if Maddox is back, I would um I would try and ease him like ease him more towards a game because I also found out that um not only is going to be playing in the met Life, there's an 82 percent chance of rain that sunday so you can expect a little bit more running game option and if the eagles can stop that run i would say what jonathan gannon did against the um against the titans and stopping derrick henry you have this blueprint try and mix it up with a little bit a little bit of pressure and Instead of like, I mean, of course, Kazira White and TJ Edwards as the running as the linebackers for the Eagles are playing extremely well. I would not mind seeing N'Kobe Dean come in for a couple of plays. And because he is that uh because um he was he was like able to pull off against um make some good tackles, especially against Jared Henry, even on limited snaps, especially when you have bigger men like Sue and um and joseph blocking those runs and maybe when jordan davis is healthy you could see a little bit of that georgia that that georgia lineback the georgia slot or like that or that georgia um compatibility and 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 again for the corners if i'm the eagles you gotta go man press coverage disguise with some zone and um and 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 also um, and also, I would keep Nakobe Dean to play QB Spy so he can seal Daniel Jones' running. Because if you saw his speed, he can run sideline to sideline, tackle, pow- and, and his tackling power, he's so good. And also, the Giants' offensive line is is relatively weak at the moment. Because, and and, and, uh, and this is again, according to Philly Voice um, a la Jimmy Kemsky. One of the weakness, one of their um, their new guys is um, Evan Neal, who was drafted in the first round. I believe he had the fifth or seventh pick. I know Kayvon Thibodeau was pick number the there was their first pick, and then Evan Neal was their second. Evan Neal in the eight games, you want to know what his stats are? He has given up five sacks and sixteen pressures allowed in eight games. Ooh, and you know what I think this. You know who I think this would be a good game for. I would say Brandon Graham. And not only Brandon Graham, I could say Hassan Reddick too. Yeah, yeah. And oh, wow. Apparently um uh, and I actually have like some breaking news um uh, like for this game, it apparently looks as if um oh, yes. The Giants are not activating their offensive lineman Bren Brederson from IR for Sunday's game. So they're probably going to keep with Andrew Thomas, um, Gates, Feliciano the center, Evan Neal on right tackle, and um, and right guard Glow- Glowinski. So this is probably going to keep up. So this is going to be the same lineup that the Giants are going with since last week. And I know, and I believe the Commanders were able to get some pressure, and against some um, Daniel Jones. So if I'm the defensive line. You gotta bring the house, and we want to stop um, Daniel Jones from like running around. First, you have to seal the. We have to seal those um, open lanes, and and Daniel Jones loves to play that zone read option. If the Eagles can, if the Eagles can seal that portion, they should they should comfortably get at the quarterback. And now for the Eagles' offense against Giants' defense. The Giants. Are a blitz happy team. They're, I believe, they lead the NFL with forty. And this is according to like um another stats from Yahoo, from um from from some Yahoo insider. And I also got this from um Lady Green Nation and Philly Voice. I like Jimmy Kemsky. Um, they lead the NFL. The Giants lead the NFL with forty point eight percent blitzes of dropbacks. They've got they've gotten pressure on twenty four point eight percent of dropbacks, which is third, perc- which is third best in the NFL. And and of course. The guy you got to thank is defensive coordinator Wink Martindale. So, Eagles, you got to expect a lot of Cardinals of the game that you saw against the Cardinals, where the Cardinals decided to start blitzing against Jalen Hurts, and it took a lot of that offensive explosiveness. But however, Jalen Hurts did pretty well, uh, has been doing pretty well against the blitzes so far. But this is a game where the Eagles' offensive line has to stop, and stop. Do not force. Do not um have any penalties with false starts and holdings, please. Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson have to be on the watch out for the rookie cave on Thibodeau because this guy is doing re- because this kid, this rookie has been playing really well. He's been getting a lot of pressures lately. And I would also keep an eye on the Giants defensive line, um, especially with Dexter Lawrence, Aziz Ojolari Ogil- returning, and Leonard Williams, who who I believe he's considered to be doubtful for this, and with an with a neck injury, and I was and looking at Ojolari and O'Shane Zemenez, both defensive defensive line defensive ends, they are really good edge rushers, but their linebackers are not that good. And Anand, you know, there's a familiar name in their linebacking core. Did you know that they have J- Jalen Smith and Micah McFadden? Yeah, I also thought that they had Blake Martinez. I thought so too, but apparently he retired. After oh some- wow! Yeah, Oh, wow! He retired a long time back. And and I would say, like, if I'm Jalen Hurts, like, since the linebacker group is not that good, but they're gonna try and get pressure with their defensive line, Jalen Hurts, I would I would recommend um, Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen go with some design runs. Feed the ball to Miles Sanders. I think this may be a Miles Sanders and a Boston Scott. And remember, Boston Scott is known as the Giant Killer because he usually gets a lot of touchdowns against the Giants. And um. And all, and and I and and remember, Jalen Smith is not good. I repeat, he's not been good ever since he was, even though he was in his prime when he was a Dallas Cowboy. Remember. Their linebacking course is not that good, so I could expect the Eagles attacking the middle of the middle of the field again, and and this time go short passes because again with the rain coming in, so I could see short medium passes and um, and Eagles playing a little bit cons- conservatively, but that could work. And then of course the Giants are weak on secondary. They took another hit because Adoree Jackson is out with the game. He had a t- he has an MCL sprain again why they let james bradbury walk walk to the eagles i have no idea in the Giants' secondary they're allowing 6.6 yards per pass attempt but i don't think it's gonna be enough against the bat against the league of batmen which is i call i dub for the eagles wide receiving core aj brown Devonte smith and quez watkins and and Quez Watkins is still and I think Quez Watkins is, is going to be playing, although he did suffer that um shoulder sprain against the Titans. So I would say like uh, say continue what they did, like I would trust AJ Brown to like just dominate and um but uh, but also um, I could see Devontae Smith having another close game and Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins stepping up if A.J. Brown is sealed. But the thing is, like the Eagles can beat you in multiple ways. They could beat you running the ball. They could beat you with passing. And they could beat you with Jalen Hurts running around. And and with that, Jalen Hurts, he just needs to continue with that same progress. Special teams, whatever you did with the Titans, if you can replicate it for next week, for, for this week against uh, against the Giants... I will be very, very happy and play a complete game. Please, please, for the love of God, no penalties via false starts and holding, and don't overforce any throws. Make smart plays as always, and I think the Eagles will win this game, thirty-three to twenty. What do you think? Any thoughts that I, you want to add in?
0: I mean, I think the Eagles will win too because the Giants are just not strong enough to beat the Eagles. So, so that wraps up. Um, The Eagles versus Giants. Now, on to our Games of the Week segment. I'm going to select Bucks versus 49ers. What? Yeah, I know. Two of my most hated teams. And the reason why, it's because it's an interesting matchup.
1: So I got to hear this.
0: Yeah. And the reason why, it's because it's Brady versus Purdy. Brady, having played for 22 years and... Purdy being alive for 22 years <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. that's why it's interesting <laughs> oh my goodness that's yeah funny.
0: yeah so let's see what Brady can do against one of the best defenses in the league. All right, Tampa surprisingly has a ninth best off passing offense in terms of DVOA at 20.9 percent, and the 49ers are sixth in terms of passing defense, I think, minus nine percent DVOA. So, we know that Tampa ain't running the ball because they suck. Okay, they're 30th in the league in terms of rushing. 30th, do you want to see? the bottom five worst rushing offenses, and these are their uh, uh, corresponding passing offenses, okay? Yeah, I have to hear this. Number five, the Broncos. They are ranked 28th in the league at Mm -hmm. minus 18%, and their passing offense is surprisingly ranked 25th at minus 1.9. Okay? The Chargers, 29th ranked. Offensive, uh, offense in terms of rushing negative 19.6%, but their passing offense 24th, a shade above average at 0.4%. Okay. Now comes Tampa Bay 30th at minus 20 offense, but they have the ninth passing offense at 20.9. Like look at these. And then you have 31 for Houston rushing, but 32 passing. And then Indianapolis, 32 rushing and 31st passing. Like these are the complementary passing DVOA uh, stats for each of the five worst rushing teams in the NFL, right? 25th, 24th. Then Tampa comes in at ninth and then 32nd and 31st. Like Tampa Bay is so heavily skewed towards the pass and they're so heavily better at the pass. It makes sense. Because you have when you have Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, and Tom Brady throwing the football around, obviously you're gonna be good at the pass. Okay. But you have Leonard Fournette, who is not known to be I mean, he did have a resurgence, so to speak. Um, but he's not like a top ten running back. Their offensive line is not the same as last year. So yeah. they the 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 Bucks are going to pass the ball. Now, we know that the 49ers are strong in terms of defense, right? As I mentioned before, they are sixth in terms of um, in terms of the pass, right? They're second in terms of rushing, right? So, so the Bucs aren't even going to attempt to rush the football, uh, run the football, because the the 49ers are just going to stop them. Okay, now. What will be interesting to see is the 49ers passing defense and more importantly, the pressure, okay? Because one of the best uh, teams at creating pressure, okay, if we were to take a look at adjusted sack rate, is the 49ers. They are ranked 7th in the league at uh, adjusted sack rate at 8.1% right and we saw they the bucks just faced another team who's really good at rushing at sacking the quarterback and that's the saints they who have the seventh highest at uh sorry eighth highest at 8.1% as well so you know and new orleans has 34 sacks 40, uh, 49ers have 36 sacks so and we saw just how much the tampa bay had to grind it up right like it literally it required a magical Tom Brady come back at the last second for them to win the game 17-16. Otherwise it's a low scoring game. Now the Saints aren't as great as the 49ers in restricting the pass. Okay. Um they're not that good. Now the 49ers, they are. So I think it's going to be a low grind out score. It's gonna be the 49ers who win. Forcing wow. turnovers, the they win 20 to 13.
1: Yep. Wow. Yep.
0: So yeah, that's it for my game of the week. What about yours?
1: I got Jets versus the Bills. Is is an AFC East battle because apparently all like the NFC East, the AFC East has um all teams with winning records or above 500. Remember the last time the Bills played the Jets. The Jets won 20-17 on a 14-3 comeback performance led by the running game of the then-starting QB, Zach Wilson. Running backs and the defense holding the Bills to no touchdowns in the second half, and Josh Allen throwing true crucial picks. This time, the AFC East is up for grabs, technically, and this is a must-win for the Bills if they want to keep that that AFC's number one spot. But now they have to do it without Von Miller, who is out for season with an ACL tear. And this time, just QB Mike White, who had led the Jets' offense to the red zone six times, one touchdown and five field goals the last time, he now faces a better Bills defense without Von Miller and that pass rush. And, I mean, for two starts, Mike White has thrown for like 684 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, both against the Bears and the Vikings. And they're facing the a de- a Bills defense who are allowing the fourth fewest points, average of 17.4 points, and having at least 1.7 takeaways per game. And knowingly, I think like Garrett Wilson is proving to be Mike White's best weapon. After all, he's showing that he is the, n- the number one wide receiver. And he's actually 54 um, yards shy of the rookie record set by Keyshawn Johnson when he was drafted as a... As a jet, I didn't know that. Did you know that Keyshawn Johnson was a jet when he was drafted? No, no I thought he was
0: always a cowboy.
1: Nah, uh, no, he. he uh, I mean, other than um, him joining, uh, and I'll get to that part later. I, I mean, other than Keyshawn Johnson as a who has a fit, who is joining who has joined this nauseating bandwagon of a team, has now have members like Marcus Spears who's a former player, I get it, Mike Greenberg, of all people who I respected in the ESPN sports world from Mike and Mike in the morning, now you have lowered yourself in joining this cult called the Dallas Cowboys fandom. And I'm seeing, and you and you'll wonder what the crazy thing is, man. ESPN is giving the Cowboys 50% chance of winning the NFC and the Eagles 30%. Are you kidding me with this bias, man? They're drinking so much Kool-Aid right now. They need to be enlightened. And you know what? Give the Eagles the uh, the underdog status. Because at the end, the Cowboys are going to be like the England national football team. They're going to have all those fancy players. They're going to chant, it's coming home. Oh, the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. And in the end, they're going to be facing failure. That's my... That's my thing, (laughs) but, um, but anyway, back to our original, back to what I was originally saying, Keyshawn Johnson actually set the record for a rookie wide receiver, um, for a rookie wide receiver at 884 yards, Garrett Wilson needs 54 yards. And I could say, and, 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 um, and with some big news, we see that Tredavious White, Matt Milano and Jordan Poyer are questionable. Jordan Poyer is going to be out. So. So the Buffalo they have so Buffalo has to bring the house to literally force Mike White to pass quickly, and the Jets can counter that with a run game because the Bills' defense are is twenty fourth against the run. They're allowing like one hundred thirty six rushing yards per game, and if you were to look at the Jets' roster, if you give me one minute, I believe in their depth chart that um, they're getting Michael Carter back. And James and James Robinson can come can come and play too. So I and then of course um Tyler Conklin, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, and Garrett Wilson are gonna be the those biggest weapons. And and if I'm Mike White, don't throw it to Braxton Barrios on certain plays. Give it to your give it to Garrett Wilson if he's roasting the corners. And now for Josh Allen on the and the Bills offense. They're facing a Jets defense that's been looking very sharp. Um, i got to get credit to Robert Sala. I mean, the last time his performance, um, the last time the Jets played um, in that game, uh, Josh Allen had 205 passing yards, two rush touchdowns, but he also had two costly interceptions and two fumbles that game. Two fumbles which were recovered by the Bills. However... I would think that I would say that the Bills have to build from that run game between Devin Singletary and James Cook, but the Jets' rush defense is only allowing 4.1 yards per rush. They're the fifth, and this is shocking. They're ranked number five against the run. This is according to ESPN. The Jets' defense, huge improvement. I gotta admit. And and another thing that they have, they're also going to be seeing is a familiar face in Ahmad Sauce Gardner who's been outstanding. And DJ Reed not having to do too much on the secondary. And Jordan Whitehead and LaMarcus Joyner, they're playing complementary roles, but Sauce Gardner, I could see him being going up against Stephon Diggs and or put DJ Reed against Gabe Davis. And there will be certain plays in which um, they may rotate, put Diggs on the slot. Just a counter. But um, it's going to be a very, very tough game. And I think that it's gonna be twenty I'm gonna say twenty to seventeen, but instead the Bills win. It's gonna be a tough game. And this time they're playing at Orchard back at their home in Orchard Park, which has not been snowed out since so it's gonna be a very close game. Bills are winning at 2017. What do you think?
0: I agree with you. Uh I think the Bills are strong. So I think like, they're just strong enough to uh, beat the Jets because the Jets, I don't really believe in their offense. I mean, like Mike White had a uh, pretty good game his first game and then second game was, wasn't was that great. So we'll see. But yeah, I think, I think that if the Bills need to move forward in the playoffs, then they have to win this. And I think they will. I think that urgency is going to put them forward in the uh, winning total. So yeah. Alrighty, so that concludes the preview for week 14, and that actually concludes the episode for today. So if you guys liked it, please leave us a review at one of the four platforms that we host this podcast on, Apple, Google, Spotify, and Pocket Cast, or send us an email at nflmasala at gmail.com, spelled as nflmasala at gmail.com, and we will hit you with our signature outro. Go pack, go,
1: and fly, eagles fly. And also make sure to follow us on because we're officially on Instagram at NFL and we're on Instagram at uh, which is at NFL Masala two twenty twenty two. That is NFL M A S A L A two zero two two. So take care and have an awesome day.